Today's reading is from Psalm 29, a psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf. Cyrene like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. <laughs> All right. This is going to be fun. Yes? You can have fun in church. Goodness gracious. All right. Would you please pray with me? Probably going to need it. Loving Creator, thank you for this beautiful one of a kind day. Come, speak, and we will listen. Fill this time with your light and wisdom. Fill our hearts with grace and thanksgiving. Speak through me and despite me to reveal truth. Open our hearts to hear your voice calling out over the wilderness of our busy lives. Amen. The ceiling is the color of a pale manila folder. The walls of matching bland. One whole wall, including the door, is made of glass. And on the other side, I see blurry figures moving back and forth and the nurse's station. That is not a good sign. Elisa, Elisa, you've been in an accident. Yes, I have been in an accident. Elisa, 
Elisa, you've been in an accident and you're in the hospital. Why is she yelling at me? She keeps talking to me like I'm brain dead. I don't think I'm brain dead. Elisa, Elisa, you've been in an accident. You're in the hospital in Wichita, Kansas. After 10 days in a medically induced coma, I opened my eyes to that thundering voice. Now, while I have the greatest respect and admiration for everyone in medical staff, just to be clear, the nurse was not God. <laughs> But I did have a very important epiphany. I was in Kansas. This was bad. <laughs> this past Thursday, January 6th, was the Christian holiday of Epiphany. Now, perhaps like me, you don't come from a liturgical background. You may only know the lowercase e, epiphany, the aha, right? The moment in which you suddenly see or understand something clearly in a, in a new, very clear way. In my first moments of consciousness in the hospital, I very clearly understood that I was in critical condition, and if I survived, life would never be the same again. Epiphanies are like that. When you have one, life will never be the same again. The word epiphany comes from the Greek epiphania, if I say that correctly, meaning appearance or manifestation. An epiphany shines a light on a new path, making the invisible visible. But epiphanies, like New Year's resolutions, can be hard to follow. You know, it's like, it's like that diet. You start in January, and by June, you're going... Diet? What, I, I didn't really mean so much diet as maybe I meant I like food. <laughs> In 2020, I had an epiphany, the calling, if you will. Holy smokies, I think I want to be a chaplain, <laughs> which set me on a new path. But you know how this goes. You have the epiphany. It sets you on a new path. It's exciting. And then it's hard. <laughs> Things get difficult. And you're tired. And then you start to wonder, did, you know, did I really hear that correctly? I mean, did I really have that epiphany. Maybe I was just, you know, emotional. If it is an experience, a real epiphany of the manifestation of God's 
presence in your life that seems like it'd be pretty important to hold on to. Kind of a big deal. Am I right? You can respond because I can see you. This is not television. (laughs) Well, for you. Sorry. For you, it is. Right? (laughs) Interactive church. (laughs) Yes, so how do we do that? How do we hold on to those very important epiphanies that we have in our lives? Those are the questions after I got out of the hospital. Those are the questions that Steve and I wrestled with. We talked about that over and over. How do we hold on to this experience? How do we hold on to what we've learned here? I, I still ask those questions. But recently, while uh, doing some research on capital E epiphany, a little more light shone in the darkness. So, little history lesson. With Christmas and Easter, epiphany is one of the big three of the holiest of Christian holidays. In the Western Church, Epiphany falls on January 6th because according to tradition, it took 12 days for the Magi to get to Bethlehem, the wise men, hence the 12 days of Christmas that start on January 25th. Is there anybody here who, that's new information? I I know, right? Weird. So January 25th, or December 25th to January 6th. Now, the Feast of Epiphany, which is also called the Feast of Lights, commemorates God's manifestation to the Gentiles, God's salvation for all people represented by the Magi. The Eastern tradition focuses, however, similarly, on the revelation of Jesus' divinity at the baptism and also this first miracle turning water into wine at a wedding. Either way, east or west, the point is that people experience the presence of the divine through sight, hearing, even taste. The invisible God became visible. Those who perceived it had an epiphany that set them on a new path. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage These Gentiles had an epiphany that set them on a path to seek the Messiah. In narrating the baptism of Jesus, Luke 3, 21 to 22 says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. 
and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And with that epiphany, Jesus was set on the path of his ministry in this world. At the wedding, where he performed his first miracle, John 3, 2, 11 says, Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. They had an epiphany that set them on a path. Okay, wait. So, Jesus was born, Christmas. Then we jump ahead to the Magi and fast forward 30 years to his baptism and his getting the Best Wedding Guest Ever Award. What I want to know is, what happened to the shepherds? I feel like they're being left out. Don't you? I mean, what happened to the shepherds? In fact, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that question. So I dug a little deeper. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, shepherds see and hear angels who reveal the divinity of Jesus while the glory of God shone all around. Well, that sounds like a manifestation to me, right? In fact, the Greek words used to describe the shepherd's experience are either the same or very closely related to the words used to describe the perceptions of the Magi and at Jesus' baptism and at the first miracle. The presence of God shone a light that set them on a path to seek Jesus. The shepherds had an epiphany. I spent three and a half months hospitalized the first time. With seven weeks of that in an ICU, for a month, I was the most critical patient in a hospital twice the size of Harborview. I win! <laughs> to save my life, it took seven hospitals in four states spanning the continent, and my brother's kidney. Throughout the ordeal, we palpably sensed the presence of the divine. By all definitions, we had an epiphany and were set on a new path. I believe that while the key to the epiphany may not involve shepherds, the key to an epiphany does. See, the epiphany and an epiphany are closely related. Both are tied to God speaking through our senses. In fact, the Greek word 
Epiphania, is in, linguist in linguistics a sensory word along with seeing, hearing, touching, and intuiting. When we have an epiphany that sets us on a path, you know, there is a strong temptation to ex expect a Hollywood version of the hero's journey. Hey, now everything will be different. I will be different. And it won't even be that hard. <laughs> right. So when we end up not living our lives like a lifetime movie of the week, when we make mistakes, when we act selfishly, when we fall off the holiness wagon, we feel shame or doubt that we really had the experience of God's presence. So what can we learn from the shepherds that could help? They had an epiphany, and then what? Then what happened? Well, Luke 2.20 says, tells us, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Heard and seen are sensory words, and in Greek, they are closely linguistically related to epiphania. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the epiphany. They worshiped God, and they went back to work, tending sheep. That's it. Holding on to an epiphany as time wears on and things get tiring depends upon a commitment to our personal, spiritual practices, worshiping God, and tending sheep. What? Ten sheep. Right, exactly. Go ten sheep. You're all staring at me blankly. Like, what? Exactly. So, let me explain. There's a little origami crane here that I like. <laughs> Makes me happy. All right. First Peter 5.4 calls Jesus the chief shepherd. But Jesus was very good at delegating. In John 21.15-17, three times... He, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times, Peter answers, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. 
Jesus told Peter to go be a shepherd and go back to work tending sheep. Now, there can be some really negative connotations with calling people sheep, so I want to give you a few things to consider. Here's a few fun facts about sheep. Hey, kids, fun facts about sheep. Okay. Sheep need community and will get highly agitated, anxious if they're isolated. Sheep need community. Sheep, if a sheep falls over on their back, they can't right themselves up without help. Sheep are gay. It's true. They're the only animal besides humans who will be exclusively gay for a lifetime. Thought that was interesting. Sheep are gentle souls that need care and nourishing and protection. They're God's people. The isolated, the hurting, the marginalized. Yesterday, no, day before yesterday, I went to get my lashes done because I'm pretty sure that you'll hear God better if I have pretty lashes. Right, true. So I go to get my lashes done. I'm seeing somebody who I've never seen before because I had a lash emergency. I was preaching today. I had a lash emergency. It's very serious business. So I'm laying on this nice cozy table with my eyes closed and a lovely 24-year-old young woman named Bailey was doing my lashes. We get to talking. Turns out less than two years ago, right at the start of the pandemic, Bailey, who was then 22 at the time, was T-boned at a stoplight and then airlifted to Harborview. She told me that she had 22 broken ribs. Do we have that many ribs? 22 broken ribs, both broken shoulders, shattered elbow, collapsed lung, and most dangerously, she had a a punctured spleen, which will cause a person to bleed out. As you can probably imagine, this changed the tone of the conversation dramatically. It's not like she just jumped out and wanted to complain about that. In fact, Bailey is a really lovely lady with a wonderful, positive attitude. But as we talked and I listened, and she got to know that I could understand. See, there there really aren't that many people who can understand, really, that kind of experience. But I do. And no matter how strong you are, suffering is very isolating. I had the opportunity right there, if I was paying attention, to hold on to the epiphany that I had received several years prior 
And Bailey had said to me, it's really nice to be able to talk to somebody who understands how this feels. Bailey is a lamb who happened across my path. Now she knows. She's not isolated. She's not alone. She has community. Shepherding can be that simple. Our appropriate response to an epiphany, to the epiphany, is to love Jesus and love people. Pastors are not the only ones with a flock. <laughs> like Peter, every one of us is called to be a shepherd. Amen. Go ahead and say that out loud. That's great. <laughs> every one of us has sheep to care for. There are those sheep who are close to us, family, friends, co-workers, and those sheep who wander across our path. All we have to do is pay attention with all of our senses. Amen.